Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. The question, of course, as you just heard that, is will eight be enough? An old TV show. And for years on television, there was nothing bigger than LSU and Alabama and college football. The world stop. What did Paul Feinbaum say yesterday on the program? The president was there. The college football world was watching. And we may not get to watch LSU and Alabama this year. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Keyshawn on the KJZ injured list retroactive to yesterday with the foot injury. Bone bruise. Bone, bone bruise, bruise. Turf yes. toe, some kind of football Gladys injury. not broken. <laughs> Fifth metatarsal bone bruise. Did, did he slip on a McDonald's uh, bag? Like Brandon, <laughs> no. Marshall? No. Brandon Marshall will be joining us after he leaves the inside the NFL studio. That's the voice of Bart Scott. He's joining us this morning. The 11-year NFL vet. He'll be playing the role of Key this morning. So Key's football knowledge is second to none. But Bart right here as a football stud himself with the Ravens and the Jets okay. here Slash to fill the AKA void. Day trader. You know I mean, with the, the, the multitude of screens, there's a there's a laptop. There's a, there's two iPad, cell phones. Two cell phones. There's a lot going on over here, man. <laughs> but it's great to have you here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's awesome to have you here. We're going to talk a little NFL, but we're going to start with a little college football. And guys, top of mind is this: Alabama's back at the top of the poll. They're the number one team in the country. They have the number one coach in the sport, arguably the number one coach of all time. The betting favorite, believe it or not, for the Heisman, the number one choice is their quarterback. Now, the reason this game with LSU is off and hopefully will be made up at some particular point is because of an outbreak on the defending national champions. They may not have enough scholarship players. They're so bereft of talent right now. Coach O is trying to squeeze guys from around the roster at the quarterback Hmm. position. This isn't like backup offensive tackle, fifth guy on special teams. They're looking to find and round out the quarterback situation for the champs. But they're on their way to their worst ever season for a defending champion. Nobody has played this bad following a championship. But right now, it's all about Alabama. They're the focal point. What do you guys make of the fact that this game right now is off the books and may not be made up, especially playoff implications for Alabama at stake? I mean, for me, it's 2020 with the strength of schedule with LSU being so bad. I mean, how can they even help Alabama move up? They have no shot of winning this game. They understand that. That's why, listen, me me and Jay Will was talking about if this would have been like the, um, you know, if this would have been on the other side, they would have probably said, you know what, Alabama would say, you know what, you know, let's take the um, Nick Saban you know, COVID test, three, three, three hours, take two in a row, and you'll be all done. They would have been back. But, you know, know, Coach O was saying, you know what, Let's just pause this one. Let's hope we can, you know, they don't want to get splattered. They don't want to get beat down. So it's like one of those things where you're saying, you know what, who needs a game? It's not going to affect the, the strength of schedule. Alabama's still going to be number one. You know, you have Clemson. You have Notre Dame that's moving up. You know I mean? I think this game can be pushed off. And I wonder if we get into this world where, you know, it's, it's subjective anyway. You know, college football is subjective. When you're just trying to guess, you have a panel of trying to figure out who's number one, who's number two, where does the Big Ten weigh in this, where does Ohio State come in. I think everybody understands that Alabama is the better team. It's unfortunate, but I think we all expected this season to be uneven. Like yeah. we, I didn't come into a season with COVID and all the moving parts expecting yeah. everything to play out the way it was supposed to originally be played out. There's been nothing that's been prepared about an unpreparable year that we've had in 2020. So I understand that a team like Texas A&M might want to have the hope that a loss to LSU might be able to propel them into a a, a position to have a chance to go into the playoffs. But reasonably, when you you look at it, all right, so the fact that Alabama beat Texas A&M, but then Texas A&M beat Florida, 
right? So it, it, if this were, like, just like Bart said, if this were the LSU team from last year, if it was a monumental game, I think right. we would have found some way to see if we could test LSU out in order to play. Right. But LSU also has another game that they need to make up with Florida before that, correct? Correct. So there's a, there's a lot of moving parts here, and I didn't come into expecting. If we miss it, I kind of – I'm okay with it, Zubin. Let's, I'm okay with it. Let's run through the calendar as is. To both of your points, college football always has been <clears throat> excuse me, somewhat uneven. Some teams are saying we can play an FCS team. Yeah. Certain conferences like the Big Ten are saying we don't play the FCS. Certain leagues play eight conference games. Right. Certain play nine. Certain are playing cross-divisional games every so often. Certain aren't. In the Big 12, you play everybody once guaranteed. A true round robin. Can't do that in the Big 10 or the SEC because they both have 14 teams. So you're right. It's unwieldy at the start. So if the sport's going to be uneven, there is no commissioner, there's no uniformity. In a year like 2020, when everything's out the window, it's business as usual for college football. To Jay's point, the SEC has baked in one week at the end of the season for any makeup games. That's when LSU and Florida would meet. The problem is there's only one week to do it. Hmm. So if LSU has to play Alabama, well, I guess they're out of luck at the moment because their one week is December 12th against Florida. They have two games to make up, but only one week to do it. The numbers don't make sense. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey on the Paul Feinbaum show on Monday said the bottom line is no matter how convoluted it gets, they're going to try to play every single game they can. We just have to manage through that, and we'll work with our, our universities, our athletics programs to do so. We don't have an infinite amount of time, and that's where the pressure over these last four or five weeks starts to mount. So the adjustments may be a little bit different than we contemplated six weeks ago, but still our focus is on trying to play as much of the football uh, schedule as possible. That's the big comment, as much as possible. And, and here's where it stinks for Florida, because Florida will then have to play LSU. Alabama will be idle being rested, getting ready to play Florida when they come out of that game. And that that's – look, you can always find an argument. I, I hear some coaches say, well, we want to continue to play to keep our legs and keep our – you know, get a lather. But then if, if you're Bama having a week off to rest yeah. and to get prepared for your opponent, knowing that you're going to play mm-hmm. them, allowing that extra time for Nick Saban and company to scheme, yeah. that's a major advantage. Yeah, exactly. We talk about a two-week you know, opportunity to break down your opponent and who knows if they're going to get out of that game – healthy, you know, what injuries you're going to have. And, like, listen, the, 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 the craziest thing is COVID. COVID is, like, the thing that you really can't account for because when it, when it breaks out, there's nothing you can do about it. You have to shut teams down. Just imagine if this would have happened in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Big Ten, you would have been out for, for three weeks. And where does that come in effect? What happens to Wisconsin? What happens to these other schools? And, like, it's all subjective, right? It's all about the committee. But we know what it looks like when we see it. We know a top five team we see it, and you hope that the conference tournaments will help try and make some, you know, get some of these answers that we need. A couple of other things to keep in mind, too. There are a lot of people that said the SEC did everything they possibly could. Remember, they started their season on September 26th. The ACC and other leagues started around September 12th, so they waited. Unlike the Big Ten, they never canceled the season slash postponed the season. They said, we're in a holding pattern. We'll see where the virus is. And initially... It worked, even though there were outbreaks before games started. So they get some credit for waiting, for not postponing. Then they had the foresight to put that December 12th week on the back of the schedule to say if anybody needs to play, here's where we can do the makeup date. So for me personally, I'm not going to blame Greg Sankey because they were cautious at the beginning. They didn't overreact, but they realized something was going to happen. So they baked in a week at the end of the schedule. Now, the one thing I would say, if you don't root for somebody like Florida or Alabama right now who are 
on the track to play in the SEC championship game. There are a dozen other teams in the league. So if you do have a game that has been canceled and needs to be made up, the league is saying, even though over the years there has been one standalone date for the SEC title game, it's the only game that's going on in our league so everybody can watch, they are saying that if you're a fan of one of the other 12 teams and you have a game postponed, you can make that game up on December 19th. It would obviously be a JV affair because everybody's going to want to watch the SEC championship game. But it is notable for the student-athletes, for the coaches, and for the fans that if you have an opportunity to make a game up, they will allow you to do it on conference championship Saturday. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out, like, when it's the national championship, and much like the NFL, you should have baked in time to make up games because you think about bowl season, it's pretty much a month. So it seems like no matter what, you should be able to, if you need to move your, 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 your conference championship, you should be able to move and it should be fine. All I'm saying is that when you jump off the cliff and you're assembling the plane on the way down, <laughs> I'm sure you're going to miss some screws here or there. Yeah. But damn, this plane looks pretty sturdy considering how they had to put it together so quickly. It looks pretty sturdy. Yeah. And, and if I'm looking at it too, Bart, just to say, I really feel like the college football playoffs are going to be locked. I feel like they're locked pretty much. I mean, Alabama's on this path. Like, we, we've seen them dominate Texas A&M. Even if Texas A&M were to, be, were to find some way, if this doesn't lead up to, to Florida, um, I feel like Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson, like, that's going to be your college football playoffs. Yeah, for teams that are on the outside looking in, like Cincinnati and BYU, remember no group of five team has ever made the playoff. And by the way, quickly to Bart's point, they have eliminated eligibility for bowls with regards to wins this year. You don't have to have six. You just have to be playing and are a team, and they're going to waive it. So bowls will be a little bit just different have a fan base. this year. Indeed, mm. that can't travel this go-around. There will be no Cameron Crazies this year. Dukes oh. are asking. Yeah, we're going to get oh. into that this morning with Jay. Mr. Duke, on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. So what arena is most impacted by not having fans due to COVID? Be a part of the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. It could be any arena, any stadium. You tell us. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back. So is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. On the way, the NFL's lone unbeaten And their biggest opponent of the season isn't even on the schedule. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. That's one of the crazier stats I've heard. It's not easy to go 8-0. I'm not saying that that's something we should blush over. 
But considering the Steelers won four championships in the 1970s, they won a championship with Bill Cowher, they won a championship with Mike Tomlin, who we're just about to hear from. It is notable one of the legendary squads in NFL history is now at an unprecedented point in its history at 8-0 for the first time ever. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Our man Bart Scott in for Key. Hopefully we'll have Key back tomorrow. It's like uh, two days here for Bart. I thought they eliminated those. You got this radio show and your own radio hey, show man, in New York hey, coming hey, up man. later today. Hey, the more you can do. That's all you got to say. <laughs> Bart chill, Bart cool. I got no Bart life, man. It. I got no life, bro. It's all good, man. So that means uh, be ready for tomorrow, too, Justin. You, you put it out. You got no life, so you got no excuse to tell us you can't be here tomorrow. Hey, Key, put that ace bandage on there, man. Put the foot up, man. It's all good. I got you, bro. Key going to come back in the studio like Paul Pierce in the wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Just laid out with T.O. glasses on. Footprints. Footprints. And speaking of, the footprints to the Steelers (laughs) right now lead to a path of COVID. What else is new? Ben Roethlisberger, among four Pittsburgh Steelers, placed on the team's COVID reserve 19 list yesterday. And we should mention here the couple of the other guys. I always like to mention who some of these guys are, because anytime you're involved in something like this, you're not just one of 53 or 55. You're an actual human being. So offensive lineman Gerald Hawkins, running back Jalen Samuels, and linebacker Vince Williams, along with big men, coming in close contact with Vance McDonald, the team's tight end. So they are all in the protocol program at the moment. We should mention that they could be back in the Steelers facility Saturday if they test negative and they don't develop symptoms, which means essentially all of them could play against the Cincinnati Bengals without practicing, right? They'd be back on the field Saturday for the walkthrough. But when your quarterback's been in the league for 17 years, he could probably miss a divisional game against an opponent like Cincinnati. He's played a million times. It's time for Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight to Mike Tomlin with the very latest on those four I just mentioned. It is our desire to participate wholly in the procedure. Those guys will be working remotely throughout the week and testing daily. As long as their tests come back negative, we believe that all four guys have an opportunity to be be made available to us on Saturday. Some of the guys have more experience than others. And so we'll lean on that experience. Guys like Ben and Vince Williams, man, have an opportunity to suit up and play for us this weekend. And they'll simply work remotely and sharpen their sword in that way. So what do you think about that, fellas? Sharpen their sword. Big coaching cliche. Uh, obviously here, if this game, for whatever reason, were to not be played, and remember, games have been moved around the NFL schedule. They've been postponed. They've been moved yeah. a day here, a day there. But mm-hmm. no game has actually been canceled at right. this point. So that's important to keep in mind. But it could happen at any point, which is why the NFL is thinking about expanding the playoff field. So, Jay, to your point, the Steelers are on track for They're trying to go 16-0. and but if this game doesn't happen and they go 15-0 and and another team goes 15-1 and and suddenly we're not playing the same amount of games, what do you think about that? And what do you think about a team that could be on the doorstep of history at 16-0 and but might not get the chance to get there? Well, if, if hypothetically, if that scenario were to occur and they become 15-0, and people can't remember what they did yesterday. You think people are gonna, going to remember the fact yeah. that Pittsburgh didn't play the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that is last in their division, they're 2-5? and five. I love seeing the Bengals play. I love Joe Burrow. I think what they have is something special there for the future. But I, if they were to miss one game or even two games, considering their next opponents are the Bengals and then the Jaguars. Now, we're talking about the Ravens. Now, that game... The week 12, the Ravens, if it was yeah. that game, a, a game that it was a fight for them to get through in the first place, their first matchup, right. then I think that will become a big issue. We will be talking about it. 
But with the Bengals, come on, man. If they were to miss that game, we wouldn't be talking about it if they were still 15-0. Real quick, Bart, to Jay's point, the one thing about the Ravens, you mentioned that as a hypothetical because they're just a higher-brow opponent than the Cincinnati Bengals. But remember, that game is scheduled to be played on Thanksgiving, and the league is going to make sure they have a prime-time Thanksgiving game. A little over a decade now, they've been playing a third game on Thanksgiving in (laughs) primetime in front of the country. That's thanks to my Detroit Lions. Yes. The games always stink. Right, Detroit and Dallas. let's, Let's get somebody something after. To the, a night game. And, um, but to you know, your point, Bart, real quick, I just wanted to mention that game is scheduled to be the night game, right? Yeah. So somebody would have to be moved to a short week. If that game is on a Thursday, yeah. and for whatever reason, to Jay's point, that one can't be played, they would have to slide a game in there, and that would be unfair to, to a team to make them play on four days rest when they're not expecting to play on four days yeah, rest. Yeah, I, I think if that was to happen, you would just cancel the game. You have two pr- uh, primetime games. You would owe the network a game. Uh, but, you know, w- listen to Mike Tomlin. It tells you why leadership matters, right? Because no matter what he says, I just have conviction that it's going to be okay. That there's no situation that's too big or too small for him. I feel like he's a guy that's really about the details. And listen, Big Ben has been hurt often. And and most great players don't practice during the week, especially when you get later into November, December anyway. They kind of let the backup handle it. You know, nobody wants to see Mason Rudolph play, but I think that the Bengals, every time I think about it, I remember him like when they took the face mask off, man. Like, take my helmet off, man. Don't take my face mask off. You looking like Evil Knievel little cousin and stuff, man. You know, like that, that's a meme that'll never die. But, um, you know, they, they're playing the Bengals, and, you know, when you, when you look at them, nobody cares. I don't care. Like, in, in title town, it's about championships. So whether you go 15-0, and 16-0, to me, this is a heavily flawed team as well. That's what makes this season so great. Every team that you say, whether it's 16-0, whether it's Kansas City, they all have warts. And it's all about who's going to be able to play. And the, 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 the thing that you – the curveball that you can't account for is COVID. Because what happens if somebody gets COVID during the playoffs? And you, and you lose a player that can't play, what happens to the protocol? We saw Justin Turner. What happens to the protocol if somebody tests? Will it be one of these mystery Nick Saban test outs? Because, you know, you, you, you want to have a – you talk about a competitive advantage. Are we going to be, be able to move some of these? The reason why the NFL decided to start their season on time is so that they can have the flexibility to add weeks into the season. Because the NFL is a sport that it doesn't matter about the weather. If they got to go into March, mm-hmm. they can go into March. So that's the beauty about what's going on. I think they can make up any game if they really want to. If they were to miss this game, if it were to be canceled, think about how that would be such a benefit to the Pittsburgh Steelers that actually got their bye week taken away yeah. due to that game with the Titans. Indeed. Right, So this might be the rest. If it did happen, this might be the rest that Big Ben, a guy who is injury prone, might need in order to help them get through to a longer season. Fair enough. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Our NFL insider, Jeremy Fowler, with much more inside the Steelers organization, how they're handling the week. He knows the organization well. Plus, the Cowboys and what they might do with their <laughs> high, high draft pick. He's on the way on the Shell Pennzoil performance line in 15 minutes. On the way, simply put, One of the greatest players in NFL history says the Eagles got it all wrong Mm. when they made their quarterback choice. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. There is no close shave when it comes to the NFL's all-time interception leader. It is by a mile, <laughs> Brett Favre. So just keep that in the back of your mind when you hear these comments. We all know Carson Wentz is struggling. He's a gunslinger. He's had interception problems. He's had fumbling problems. One of the greatest players in NFL history, the Hall of Famer, was on first take yesterday and essentially said, when the Eagles pared it down and said, we're going with Wentz over Foles, Brett Favre says... They were going in the wrong direction when they made that choice. I actually thought that they should have kept Nick Foles rather than Carson Wentz, just based off of production and where they got to. You know, they won a Super Bowl with Foles, and um, that was a little bit surprising. But they're obviously banking on his upside. Um, you know, um, how many more years do you you let it linger before you you stick with him or you cut bait? Uh, that's a question they only can answer. Indeed. Now, just a reminder, Favre did play forever, and when you play forever, all of your stats, good and bad, go up. From 1991 to 2010, he threw 336 interceptions. Nobody else in the Mm. NFL has ever thrown 300. So I get it. He's a gunslinger. That's what partly made him a legend. But what do you guys feel about him weighing in on essentially saying they made the wrong call. The guy that won their one and only Super Bowl in franchise history is the guy they should have kept. Did Brett Favor, because I got to call him Brett Favor when he starts. What are you, Paul Tagliabue? What are you doing you know what with I'm this? Saying? This is the did, NFL draft? Did, did he have copper fit over his head or something like that? Like, what the <laughs> hell is going on with Brett Favor, man? And listen, I, I hate when my, when my legends, my icons just, oh, my God. That's the worst take I ever heard. Like, when has Nick Foles ever been an MVP candidate? Never. Never. He's he went down to the Ram, he went to the Rams with Jeff Fisher. They cut him as soon as they could. He lost his job to Minshew Mania, man that wears cut-off jeans and moose knuckle. Like, what the hell are we talking about? Are you kidding me? Like, every time he's had an opportunity to step up and be the guy, he's he's shown us that he's not the guy, right? Like he's done it. I said before, like when we were laughing about, like he's like red wine. He's great in moderation. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a guy that you just want to have bits and splashes of. What is he doing in Chicago? Nothing. Like, you have to understand. What's going on in Philadelphia now is that now the credit card bill is due, Jay will mm. Right? They've been overspending. Next year, they're reportedly $64 million over the cap. They got a team that has gotten old. They had their window. Their window came. They won the Super Bowl. It closed. Now they got to tear it all down, just like they had to do in Seattle when they had to get rid of the Legion of Boom and go through Russell Wilson. They have to do a restart. It's not Wentz. Do you see he's under duress every single play? He's running for his life. He has the worst offensive line, which used to be a strength. Jason Peters is great. He's a Hall of Famer. He's over the hill. He's a guy that they brought in to play guard, and, he, and they said he said, you know what, I need some more cheese on my taco if you want me to slide out and play this left tackle, bro. And then he's not playing left tackle for a reason. So he's out there doing more with less, and he's out there fighting for his life. But you can't compare the talent of Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. It's not even close. I, I agree with you. I think it's a convenient take. and I, I, But just 
here's what drives Philadelphia fans crazy. You ready? Yeah. Even though it is a convenient take because as a fan, I don't know the intricacies of the game as well as you do. I may be informed with my team's salary cap. I may know that my yeah. old line is decimated. I may be seeing him run for his life. But at the same time, just watching the way Nick Foles took us to a Super Bowl yes. and how he won it, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's Philadelphia. It's yeah. blue collar. It's gritty. Really I've never been a superstar. I've always had to work my way, climb, yeah. grind up the ladder, and to see the way it ended with Nick Foles, it, it's easy to think long-term that, hey, he could have been the guy that really epitomizes who we are as people, right? It's never been the glitz yeah. or the glam. We're never yeah. L.A. It's never Hollywood. But when you dig deep, it's actually not that easy. It's yeah. not that convenient. Okay, now he, he, he's Brad ahead. Johnson. He's Trent Dilfer. He was just holding on to the damn stairwell, man. He wasn't. A, he he wasn't, drove it though. He, and you, you said he, drink that wine in moderation. Yeah. But look, I drink wine every night, Bart. I drink it every night. So look, when you drink that kind of wine and you see where that wine right. got you, you right. like the way that wine but, tastes. But, 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 when, but when you break it down, you go through it with a fine tooth comb. Why were they able to be such a dominant team? Why were they able to go to, through that for that run? It's because Carson Wentz was cheap and they were able to go out and get all these luxury pieces. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, when you strip all the luxury pieces down, now you get to see who you really are. Nick Foles was there. Listen, those it's like what well, it's like my the whole Batman thing. Like, you know, you either you either die the hero or you stay around long enough to become the villain. Mm. And I think that Philadelphia is trying to make Carson Wentz the villain. But Nick Foles died the hero, so he got out of there out of town. And then when it all falls apart, and the Bill Belichick's up there, he might die. To, he might die to, the, the villain as well. That's Tom Brady got the hell out of out, out of town. He gets to leave and die the hero. It's a great analogy. If you if you can go back, would you pay Carson Wentz some money again? Yes, you have to. Like this guy you would was paying hundred million dollars. He was an MVP candidate, and really, when you look at that contract now, it's really a discount because look at what Dak Prescott's going to get. Just next year. Well, that could be different, though, once we get back into what the cap can change due to fluctuation with fans not being in stands and things like that. Well, but at the end of the day, like Dak Prescott, somebody's going to get paid $40 million. Lamar Jackson's going to get paid $40 million. Carson Wentz is not nearly – yeah, I don't know what his cap number is, but he's got to be in the 30s. That's a discount, right? That's a $10 million a year difference, and you got him young. He's still young. He should be able to play for another 15 years. And I know he's always hurt. I know he plays reckless at times, but he's going to be around for your rebuild. So you 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 have to say you know is what is he though is he going to be around I I I'm starting to question that okay if not Car- all the injuries that he's had yeah if not I mean, the Carson conversation Wentz, then who? Bar- I'm sorry go ahead no no if not Carson Wentz then who that's fair I mean but you, look I mean you have to go on the market but uh, that's it's okay. almost by default if Jay- not Carson Jay- Wentz then who Jalen Hurts okay I didn't say Jalen Hurts but I was saying it was a conversation no, it came we in my ear came in my ear they, I got the peanut gallery talking in my ear they trying to give me try to give me answers. Okay, here's two things we need to mention about Wentz before we move on to some other quarterbacks and we figure out whether they got it wrong or right with our great NFL insider Jeremy Fowler on the way here in a couple minutes to talk Steelers and Cowboys. Hang tight for that. Number one, everybody truly believes that Carson Wentz, when he got injured in the Super Bowl season, he got injured again in a game against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. He had essentially played the bulk of the season, and that's the reason the Eagles got the number one seed in the playoffs, allowing Foles to come in and win. So if you're going to pay a guy, you essentially say, look, yes, Foles got us over the top, but we wouldn't even be in this position if it wasn't for Carson Wentz. So you have to think about him as a franchise signal caller from that standpoint. Last thing I would say, this is why Favre said what he said. If, you know, I love the numbers. The Eagles' record since winning the Super Bowl – 12, 11, and 1. Since they got rid of Nick Foles and said, we're going to Wentz, they are 12, 11, and 1. And that is not where they expected to be. So if that is one number, that could back up what Favre is saying. So, Favor. Uh, yes, Bard is saying that's the worst take he's heard. It's not first take, yours take. It's first take, worst take. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jason Fitz, if you're out there, 
start branding that one. Let's go to a couple of different quarterbacks that also have their fan bases vexed. And again, Jeremy Fowler on the way. This one's easy. We're going to rip through three, but let's get through this one because this one's obvious, I would imagine, but we got to address it. Bears essentially got it wrong with Trubisky. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes, this one's a little more complicated because this is a guy that the uh, has signed an eighty-four million dollar contract and a sixty-six million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Is it all that guaranteed? First, is it all guaranteed? It is all guaranteed. The first yeah. all guaranteed contract in NFL history. Of course, we're talking Kirk Cousins. Mistake or not? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they're going to be in a lot. They're going to be a top five lottery team potentially. Um, thank God he didn't come to the Jets, man. Because could you imagine carrying that contract and waiting for a quarterback and trying to get him out of town? But I understood what they had to do. This year they had to give him an extension because they needed some salary cap relief. And I know it's not the sexy take, like, you know, why did they pay him? They paid him because they needed salary cap relief and you can prorate the salary when you give somebody an extension. I'll just say thank God for Dalvin Cook on that team. No yeah. question about it. He's played outstanding. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, <laughs> He's Dalvin, the one answer. <laughs> Dalvin Cook might be running them out of a top five pick so they can get a quarterback to replace Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins. That's a great point. So, all right, so from essentially saying the drafting of Mitch Trubisky was a mistake, yeah. the signing of Kirk Cousins was a mistake. Of course, the other way you can acquire a quarterback is to trade for one. Did the Pats make a mistake by trading away Jimmy G? It's not looking like it, yeah. is it? Well, you look at the Pats. The Pats would like to have him back. We know that Bill Belichick wanted him to be the successor to uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady went up to, to, to Big Papa and told him, no, he's, you know, I don't want him here. They trade him for a fourth-round pick, I believe, in spite. But if you ask the San Francisco 49ers fans, I think they would say that they were expecting more from Jimmy G. You know, he, he doesn't seem like a guy that can make the big plays, the one play that they ask him to make. I, I'm trying, I know Jets fans are going to find this crazy. I'm just Sam Darnold playing for Kyle Shanahan next year. Ooh. If that happens, it could go. Uh, that that un, that unleashes him. That, it, that, it does. It, it, Kyle Shanahan is one of the most brilliant coaches we have in the game, and I understand what you're saying, Bart, about Jimmy G playing underneath Bill Belichick in the system. But I feel like if Kyle Shanahan yeah. can't really unleash him, yeah. then who then really bad, can? I tell you, who what, really can? He has to go back to Josh McDaniel. I tell you what. Sam Darnold right now is a much better quarterback than Jimmy G, and that's not even a hot take, bro. Agreed. Okay, interesting. Once again, Jimmy G from New England to San Francisco for a second-round pick, thought to be a steal at the time. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise, no lack of Steeler talk. Stepping up, Gilbert. Fires over the middle for the end zone. It's broken up incomplete. And the game is over. 8-0, man, for the first time in franchise history. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the first time in the history of their franchise, are 8-0. It's not without its trials today, obviously. Can't keep having these conversations every week because one of these weeks we'll be doing it with an L if we're not careful. Oh, yes. So what happens if the Steelers can't play this game against the Bengals on Sunday? Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider, is here it's not just this game, Jeremy. What is the league planning to do if you have to get into a situation where makeup games are needed? Well, the league did anticipate, uh, you know, some increase in testing results that they've had, you know, recently, and so they're going to just try to power through this. You know, they have Week 18 open uh, for weeks like this. Like let's say, if the Steelers do have a mini outbreak in the next few days, now the Steelers don't anticipate that. They've isolated the people they needed to. Uh, they've been pretty aggressive. They'll probably go virtual all week as far as meetings and uh, whatever they need to do to prepare. And so I, I think at this point, it has to be a catastrophic situation for the NFL to drop a game uh, because they're trying to power through here. You know, they're telling teams to be ultra aggressive uh, in their tactics to, to, to try to push through here and, and, and isolate players. 
And, uh, you know, if it gets to that point, then, then they can re- they can expand the playoffs. They voted to do that from 14 to 16 if there are teams that can only play, say, 15 games. But right now they feel like they're still in a good spot uh, to push through here. Hey, Jeremy, I, I thought the reason why Allen Seals and, and the um, COVID um, um, team kept everything on schedule is because they, they wanted to be able to have the flexibility to extend the season. Now, it's been a little unknown. It's been a little you know, secret that the NFL has always wanted to have the Super Bowl on President's Day because they wanted to make it like a holiday, the fact that you know people can watch the Super Bowl and have Monday off. So I think the NFL has everybody right where they want it. They can expand the game. But, you know, because football is an all-weather sport, they can push the Super Bowl, you know, into March or late February if needed be. Yeah, for sure. They have that, that uh, kind of platform to do that right now. You know, there's, there's time on their hands. Um, but, you know, from the beginning, from what I had heard, they, they were pretty intent on keeping sort of the, uh, the flow of a natural NFL year together, at least for this year if they can. You know, I think, I think long-term uh, the President's Day option uh, would be on the table. You know, um, but right now I think that the playoffs, they, from what I hear, they don't want to push it back further than a week if they don't have to because you could do that week 18 you know they have one week to to really to really bang out all the games that you you might have lost and then go from there. Jeremy Keith. Fowler, oh, go ahead, Joey J. Go ahead, Jeremy Fowler is joining us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Uh, Jerry Jones has essentially come out and said there's no way through cold water on the notion that they would actually draft a quarterback with their first-round pick. We're going to hear from Jerry here in just a little bit. But obviously that's what he's saying publicly. Privately, are they considering it, considering they could have a very high draft pick and there's some Sterling college guys out there? Well, they're not considering it yet, but I do think the money will make them have to at least think about it. Um, now, look, it depends on where you'd be in the draft, right? If you're number one, Trevor Lawrence is on the table and you think you can't miss, which most teams do at this point, that's a far different conversation than, say, if you're picking fifth. Um, you know, outside of Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields, it, it is a bit more of a crapshoot, although it is an overall good quarterback class. Uh, it, it's going to come down to are you comfortable paying Dak? $35, $37 million next year when the salary cap is going to reduce to 175 uh, potentially. And so that's a big drop. I know teams are anticipating it going as low as that right now because of COVID. So um, it just comes down to being able to still build a roster and keep Dak when a year and a half ago you could have paid him and it would have been much more manageable. Uh, and so even with the injury, uh, most people I talk to think he's still going to get top five quarterback. He'll still be somewhere in the $30 million per year. Um you know, the pressure is going to be on to see if they can actually stomach that and still try to build a roster. That's a great point because the overall rookie contract for whoever goes one, two, three, four, five, wherever the Cowboys happen to be, obviously that could be a one-year salary for Dak Prescott at the franchise tag or as a part of a multi-year deal. So the yeah. finances obviously always have to be taken into account. Great stuff, Jeremy. Thank you very much. And we'll keep our fingers crossed for the Bengals and Steelers this weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Let's go from A to Z. From Cameron Indoor to the Coliseum and everywhere in between, from A to Z. There's some big stuff going on with Cameron Indoor, by the way. They have uh, announced there are going to be no fans at Duke games this year. So, Uh, yes, indeed. uh, That's got to hurt Jay, who's played in front of so many 
great Cameron crazies over his years. So we're asking you this morning, what arena is most impacted by having no fans? Hit us up right now. 888-SAY-ESPN. Hard to top Cameron, but come up with one. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Key J and Z on Twitter. We'll take your calls here in just a second. A to Z brought to you by Redbox. They got new movies at the box streaming on demand from the producers of Get Out and Us. Don't miss Antebellum starring Janelle Monet. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Suns Thunder talking a trade that could possibly bring CP3 to the desert. ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst says they have a huge hole to fill and this would do it. They need a point guard, and they are a young team that need uh, a leader, and uh, Chris Paul fills that role perfectly. And, you know, Chris Paul here, this is a, a situation where he's very involved in where he can go in this trade, and I think he likes the idea that it's potentially close to home in L.A. where his family is. He likes the idea of playing with Devin Booker, and it fits for a lot of reasons. Nothing imminent, Jay, but what do you think? Easy for the Suns to make this trade due to the cap space. I know a lot of people will say, well, what about the Clippers? You know, yes. CP3 has a home in L.A. I, it just depends on what the Clippers will have to give up in that trade yeah. scenario to make that work. But I will say for Phoenix, if there's one thing that you want for Phoenix, you want to keep Devin Booker yeah. In that state, you want to keep him there. You do whatever you need to do. Now, I know you may have to give up one of the Valley Boys and Kelly Oubre in order to make that happen, and Ricky Rubio to get CP3. But if that keeps Devin Booker there, if you're if you're if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you want to do that. But you look and think about Bubble Booker, and I understand that that the Phoenix was on fire when they got to the bubble. But I just don't understand what the motivation is for CP3. At some point, to to cap off and put the cherry on top of his legacy, you got to want to win a title. So it seems to me that it would, the, the, the natural destination would be the Clippers, to be the cherry on top. And you, you know that they need a point guard in the worst way. We understand that Kawhi may not be sold on, on Patrick Beverly. You love the intensity he brings, but he has a ceiling. CP3, I think, unlocks everybody. He's a guy that the leader that they need to take those tough shots at in the games because you know, as great as, as, as Kawhi is, Paul George is, they need an alpha male to come in there and say, you you guys just be pit bulls. I'll, I'll tell you guys where to go. Mm. And we said we're going from Cameron Indoor to the Coliseum, the former part of that. Cameron Indoor. Duke will not have fans at Cameron Indoor Stadium this season. They announced it on Tuesday. Mm, that hurts. The Blue Devils, who are number nine in the preseason poll, which came out just a few days ago, opened the season November 25th at home with no fans against Gardner-Webb. Duke, Cameron, crazies, all tied in, inextricably linked. Jay, you know that better than anybody as a Duke national champion. Yeah, and I can say this objectively because I called college basketball for a very long time, went around, saw a ton of different arenas and have great relationships with all these coaches. Cameron Indoor Stadium is the Camelot of college basketball. It really is. It's 9,314 people to be exact, (laughs) and they are literally on top of you. They are – you feel the ground moving underneath you, and the fans' interactions with the opposing teams, the chance, the amount of preparation, the due diligence that they do in that game, like it makes such a world of a a difference. And I know that when you're (laughs) in bigger stadiums, football stadiums, you know, Arrowhead, I can only imagine how much more quiet it is. But when you're inside this, it just – Sound echoes. You can't hear yourself think because of the intimacy on that court. Want to get to the phone lines? Let's hit it up. Nikki, you're on ESPN Radio. We're asking this morning, what arena, stadium, anything is most impacted by having no fans this season? What do you have? Well, I'm from Indiana, so I bet Jay can probably guess what I'm going to say. I know. It hasn't been announced yet. Hasn't been announced yet, but Assembly Hall... 
I mean, Indiana was on a roll last March. I mean, they were so close to making the tournament, and then, bam, it just all stopped. And these kids are so excited to play. We have a kid from Evansville, where I'm from, Christian Lander. He's going to be playing for IU this year. He graduated high school a year early to go play for them. So, you know, those poor kids, if they don't get fans in the stands, it's going to be sad. Respect to that, Nikki. You know, my wife graduated from, you know, IU. My brother-in-law graduated from IU. My father-in-law graduated from IU. Uh, so I've been to Assembly Hall m- multiple times. That place is rocking. I will say Assembly Hall, and and I'll give you another one, uh, a place out in Kansas. Uh, just, Ooh, man, yeah. I'm telling you, it, I thought Cameron Indoor Stadium was loud. Have you ever seen a game at Kansas? <sighs> Lawrence is different. Allen Fieldhouse, Assembly Hall, Cameron Indoor Stadium, those legendary buildings. And for Indiana, it would have been great this year because they're under a lot of pressure. Their head coach, Archie Miller, they haven't made the NCAA tournament since he's been there. They have a great home court advantage. It's an old school barn, just like Allen Fieldhouse, just like Cameron Indoor Stadium. And Jay, there is something romantic. Instead of all these palaces of 20,000 people, these old creaky little band boxes really do capture that noise. And it is a timeless relic. And think about the regions we're talking about. I mean, with the exception of the Pacers, though, but still, you're talking about one of the founding places for basketball in Indiana, right? Like, these college arenas are the biggest thing that these towns, these states have going, so it means so much more to the fans. No question about it. It means so much more to Jerry Jones at the age of 78 to try <laughs> to get a Super Bowl. Nikki hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You can, too. Assembly Hall, Carrier Dome, Allen Fieldhouse, you tell us. Jerry says we're not drafting a quarterback, but should they? The discussion commences next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.